Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. As you can hear, I have not got round to fixing that bloody awful jingle yet. I will get round to it. I do apologise. It will be fixed soon. I just haven't had the time. I need to dedicate a lot of time to that. And is time something that's not in abundance for us? Is Are it, we on like? the fifth episode now? Because every time I hear it, I'm like cringing a little yeah, bit. I think it's the fourth. I think it's the fourth. No, it's more than that. I th- no. I'm sure it's the fifth. No, it's the fourth. We did it. We did one that car crashed so badly that we couldn't pin it oh, out. So technically it is the fifth and I'm right. <laughs> yeah, technically it's the fifth, but this is the fourth one we've uploaded. Yes. Welcome That's back. That's all everyone. I needed. I'm right. <laughs> have it. You have it. I will have it because I'm it. right. Chew on it for a while. Enjoy sit it. in this smug rightness. Savour that rightness. I, I know. I know it feels good. I know how much <laughs> I love it. And anyway, it. how are you? How has your week been, my darling? Didn't start off easy. I uh, on my fortieth birthday, my friend Neil said to me, he "said Steph, you're at the age now that you need to get certain things checked out. You need to uh, make sure you've, your prostate's in, in order." And delicious this yeah. is exactly how i wanted to start the podcast <laughs> sorry for all our listeners out there who may be eating right now yeah if you're eating something just you may want to pause stop, or skip stop chewing for a few seconds and let me explain um it's important that men get checked out and women i suppose get checked out you guys get smear tests all the time don't you you're always smearing all over the place <laughs> women they're always oh going for a smear test no oh, we're not aren't you no I think you do once a year at least don't you um, I should know that. I don't know exactly how many no. times we have to go for a smear test, unfortunately. Well, I, I, know it's, I know it's not a nice experience, but I, I mean, health is you only get one body. You only get one body. So it's good to go and get any of it checked out and like just have an MOT every now and then. Yeah. And I figure that I, oh, I thought about, should I talk about this? But I thought maybe if it does give somebody a nudge to go and get it sorted out themselves, maybe, you know, it, it's a good thing to do. You need to get a finger up your bum, make sure I your prostate's in order. Th- I think a lot of people probably feel the same just because this year, especially if you have health anxiety, which I have to a certain degree and have had about 10 years now since my mum passed away. I think if you have health anxiety, this year's definitely exacerbated that. So I feel like a lot of people will probably want to go for an MOT this year. Yeah. So that's how my week started off. I had a prostate examination, finger up the bum. No harm done, as they say. Well, it, it, Oh, really? Is that saying? I, I said too much. <laughs> she was very she was really good about it. It's good that you had a woman. Yeah. I wonder why they make the women do that. Oh, what a horrible job. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't a man with a big meaty old finger. What a horrible job, though, sticking your finger up middle-aged men. I mean, you know, it depends which way you look at it, you know. A handsome man. What's saun- the other way? <laughs> handsome man saunters in. Hello. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> I need an examination. 40-year-old uh, ginger-bearded man with a hair transplant walks in. You've got to stop. Love you. Uh, 
I'm just trying to deflate your ego a tiny bit. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Cheers for that. This was how Monday started, basically, with this examination. And then we had an accountant meeting Oh, in no, the wait. Mine started with a horrific brace fitting. So oh, I'm yeah. using those clear connect braces. And I uh, had to go and have one put in, which I haven't had put in for a long time since yeah. lockdown. And it was so it's painful. painful so painful. So I ate a massive breakfast before I went in because I, I knew I wouldn't want to take them out because it just hurts so much. So, yeah, my day started off at the dentist. Yours started off... With a finger up the With bum. a finger up the bum. Then we had an accountant meeting, mm. which is always painful because we're a bit thick and we don't really understand any of the terminology. And Sometimes you're saying stuff and I'm just like, yeah, okay, I get that. I know, you always yep. really seem to know what you're I talking about. And no I'm literally idea. there like you could be speaking Spanish right now and I wouldn't, it wouldn't make any difference to me. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he looks at me sometimes and he's just like with the face of pity for this poor <laughs> woman that just does not have a clue about anything. Yeah. Well, that was painful. So we did that. I tried to poison my dad accidentally. He's having some sort of, uh, um, not not in, not too much of a, a, a kind of intensive surgery, but he's getting something done where they inject kind of a dye into the veins and they see how well your blood circulation is working out and they can see if there's any problems by, by scanning you. Anyway, so I thought, well, I'll get him something and I'll post it over on Amazon to just to sort of say, well, good luck. And I thought, what do you get like a 73, 74 year old man? And I couldn't think to myself, I said, what, is, what are all, all old men like? Well, all old men like licorice. I mean, that is so random. If just, it was, if it was my dad, I would have got him like a nice cozy jumper, or I don't know, like something. Yeah, but I just thought something would well, be useful. Old men like licorice. Anyway, so I got some licorice, and then I, uh, I got after it arrived, I got kind of a bit of a strange message from him saying, um, "Why did you get me licorice or something?" Or who? Something like, "Who told you to get me licorice?" Or something like that. And I was a bit like, well, "That's a bit of a weird thank you." He's like, "If I ate that, it would kill me." what are you talking about it will kill you it's a bit of licorice and uh he's like if you've got high blood pressure or uh, if you have a history of heart disease black licorice uh, could cause some serious health problems and i was like shut up and i googled it and he's right if you're over 40 and you've got any of those high blood pressure issues or anything you should not eat licorice that's so random how how would anyone ever know that but the funny thing about this whole thing was there was a seed of doubt in his head that it wasn't an innocent thing because when he, he thought him, you were trying to kill him, <laughs> I, I don't think he thought that. But I think a percentage of him thought that. I think maybe about ten percent of him, fifteen percent thought that it was some sort of conspiracy to kill him. And because my mum's staying with us at the moment, I think he may have thought that my mum might have put him, put me up to buying him the licorice, which she didn't. It was just that I just didn't know what to get him. He's a very difficult man to buy for. I know that feeling. Yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of things, um, you buy people. Hannah bought me my my turntables, which are which I'm eternally grateful for. But the regret on my end is is quite heavy. It's a gift that keeps giving. It's the gift that is, keeps getting more expensive and I've had a bit of a drama. disappearing and hiding away. I've had some drama. It's half term and he's hiding away on his turntable. <laughs> I'm like, you fucker. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to get them set up and it's a bit of a, bit of, bit of a ball ache. Of course it has. It really has. I had to buy an amplifier for my Sonos system thinking, oh great, I'll connect it to my Sonos and I can DJ through all my Sonos speakers. You can't do that. There's latency issues, which I won't go into because nobody really cares about latency issues. Also, another reason why I'm massively regretting my purchase. And do you know why I bought you that for your birthday? Because you are impossible to buy for. You have everything. You have every piece of tech equipment. You have a wardrobe full of stuff that you don't even wear half the time. I was like, what do I buy you for your 40th? It's like a big one. Well, you bought Couldn't me- get you a trip away because of COVID. Mm. So that was like my last resort. And I just had to like bite the bullet and 
cry while I was buying it. Yeah, it, it, they're great though. It's a big birthday forty though. It's you, you, you did it right. You nailed it. You should be very proud of yourself. Yeah, I know. I'm proud of you. you did a really good job. <laughs> Um, I just want to say a massive congratulations while we're here to my friend Guy Wilmot, who's had, well, he's just found out him and his wife are having a baby, a little baby girl. Um, he came to, to my 40th and announced it. I just want to say massive congratulations. I doubt he listens to this this podcast, but I just want to put it out there to the universe anyway that I'm very proud of him. He's one of the last guys now in our friendship group to do it. And he said something that was so funny uh, when he announced it. He goes, well, we've made this decision with this baby to not let the baby uh, change anything like the baby has to adapt to us we're not going to adapt to him and i just could not stop laughing do you remember we said that we at the said beginning was, we, we were like exactly the, the child is just going to slot into our lives and we'll carry on doing everything that we normally do we won't be parents we'll just be like buddies to this little thing and we'll, <laughs> you know it'll be great we'll all be just like friends and it'll be great oh my. i can't believe that people still actually think that Fuck i feel me. like we can semi be forgiven for thinking that because it was like almost i don't know eight years ago that i fell pregnant so Mm. the internet was not so full of parenting shit back yeah. then yeah it was still full but not like to the point where you'd be like wow that's totally unrealistic that you're thinking that's yeah. actually gonna happen that's what made me laugh so much is just how unrealistic that statement was and um i just can't wait for him to do it i'm just so excited about his um impending misery anyway so the week started off a bit brutal for us. Hannah's teeth all aching from her new brace. My finger up the bum issue. Accountant meeting. Tried to poison my dad. Oh, what else happened? Oh, you took the, the, the puppy to the vets, didn't you? Yeah, so I took our puppy to the vet on the same day after the accountant meeting and the children's haircuts. It was like a day of getting all the adult shit done. You know when you're like, God, adulting really sucks sometimes. When you're a teenager, you think it's going to be the best thing ever and you'll have all this freedom. And then when you get to like our age, it's just like, a never-ending list of shit that you have to get done. Yeah, so you had to stand by and watch your uh, little puppy get uh, an injection in the neck, didn't you? Yeah, it was so sad. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life was hold, I think it was Grayson or Rufus, one of them, I can't remember now which which one it was, I tried to block it out, hold them while they inject them. I love that you arm. only have that one experience of that, by the way, because I did all the other injections without you. I don't think, I couldn't do it, Coney, I had PTSD after You think that. I wanted was, to do it? it? Was, it was so heartbreaking to do that uh, when everything, every fibre of your being is about protecting them from pain and then you have to sit there while somebody... So you just let your wife do it instead? I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't want to go through that. It's horrible. It affected me in ways that I don't, can't even, don't even want to talk about. It's not started off as the best week for us, but... You We're know, also amidst the half-term... I can't say that word. Amidst? A amidst, a, a is that right? Amidst. Amidst. What are you trying to say? I don't know. Half-term chaos of having oh, yes, kids yeah. at home and working and it's been a quite hectic week mm. i feel like for all those people that have children out there you're probably unless you're one of those people that is just like parenting is what you live for i'm like desperate for an hour alone i'm so desperate just to be alone for a bit yeah anywhere i know what you mean i feel like exercise classes don't really count because you're in a room full of people and you're yeah. doing something you're not really doing something that's like in your own head yeah we are also getting our back gate fixed up, aren't we? Oh, God, really? <laughs> Why not? This is what we're talking about. We know this is our life. This is what's going on in our life, you know? We've got to talk about these things. We had our, we had somebody from... I don't even care about the back gate, though. Well, let me just explain. I can sex up the story. We had somebody from Bristol jump over our back gate. I don't know if they're from Bristol, but I assume they are. Uh, they jumped over our back gate and they stole our old electric bikes. So I decided, right, that's it. Um, fortifying our, our back entrance. Sounds like a euphemism. 
uh, anyway, yeah, so I uh, I got a, I got a whole big back gate going up there. I wanted to put like electric fencing along it, but apparently you're not allowed to do that. Steph's cockles went up on his back like a dog and he was like, I'm going to defend this house. Yeah, I was, yeah. I'm, I'm def- full defence mode now. So uh, we're not allowed to put barbed wire up there, not allowed to put electric fencing. I have something I want to discuss with you this week. How did you feel about the Witches film, the new Witches film that we watched this week? So we had an evening where we uh, rented the new Witches film. Who's who's directing it? Robert, some guy called Robert <coughs> Zernikas. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he did. Um, did you ever watch Death Becomes Her? Yes. I love that film so much. It's like one of my childhood favourite films. Um, and so he was, he directed this. So, and, and the cast was so good that mm. I had such high expectations. And I feel like as a child, I read the book until it literally fell apart. I loved that book so much. And the first film, I was probably at exactly right age for that film. Like it came out, I think in 1990 and I didn't watch it until I was, well, it would have been a few years later, but my sister was having a sleepover for her birthday party. I think it was like her 14th birthday party or something. And I was about six and I got sent to bed because they were about to watch this really scary film that I wasn't allowed to see. And so obviously being six, I kind of crept up into the hallway and like just watched a bit of the film through the crack in the door. And it was that bit in The Witches in the original adaptation where, you know, uh, Luke, the child, he's like kind of building this little tree house in his back garden and then all of a sudden there's a witch at the bottom and she's trying to like get him to come down and eat some chocolate and that terrified me to my core like I was so scared of that it's proper good stranger danger for children to see that though it's so scary and I just felt like for me the new film didn't really install that like fear before they introduced all the witches and Mm. It didn't really, it felt a bit flat at the beginning. Like it didn't really build up any fear of witches. It had one story about a kid turning into a chicken, Mm. but it didn't have all that kind of back log of like the grandma. Like they didn't keep much true from the book, which disappointed me because I'm such a fan of the book. I think you rocked up and it's a dangerous thing with anything in life is to rock up with super high expectations. I know and I keep doing that with stuff at yeah. the moment. I, I'm I mean, like, this is going to be good because this person wrote it or this person directed it or whatever. And then I get so excited and then I read it and I'm just like, or I watch it and I'm just like bitterly disappointed. And I, then I'm annoyed at myself. I've never really got over how much they ruined uh, Alice in Wonderland, the remake yeah. of that. I mean, I'm still distraught over what they did to that because they had such a fertile ground to make something absolutely yeah. incredible. And that was the time when that everything was kind of going into 3D in mm. cinema as well. So it was, the expectations were like up here. But I think that's, that. you, you had stratospheric expectations. I really did. And I think the same thing, same thing with witches is that uh, I thought the CGI was good. That um, was one of the best things about it, I think. The CGI mm. and Anne Hathaway, like, pulling it all together, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I would give it a 63%, I'd say. You um, got creeped out of the bit where her, her like, arms were arms contorted, yeah. contorted through this, like, I thought that was really nicely tunnel. done. But it was, I mean, if I was a kid, that would have freaked me out so much. See, I think the reason why I prefer the first one is because there was n- no CGI. Mm. Like, I found that scarier because it was actually just, like people mm. i have a future prediction hit me my future prediction is i sometimes do these things in the podcast where i predict things that will happen in the future in terms of tech i feel like i've already heard it 
you probably have you've heard everything i've ever heard, said or thought and done but uh this is uh, a future prediction where i think you know the way sometimes we're editing stuff on lightroom which is like a video an editing program uh, for photos and you change all the colors and mm-hmm. the depths and you know the levels and stuff sometimes you put a filter on something and it just makes everything it just pulls everything together beautifully and everything mm-hmm. just looks so much nice and you look at that and think god imagine if life looked like that with that filter well that's what i predict will happen you'll be able to eventually have retinal filters which will which will allow you to put filters over your vision so you can see things with certain certain things saturated oversaturated or undersaturated or you can change hues and colors and you can that's very black mirror charlie brooker of you yeah but i mean i would i mean i'd be first in the in the queue to get that he's probably already written an episode i don't think that. i don't think it's much of a kind of a an episode you write about somebody just wanting the world to look a little bit nicer with a retinal implant or something i don't know but it but i think i think that could i think that's something that could feasibly happen maybe at, first of all with glasses and you just kind of have set like presets mm. in your glasses and you press the button it will change didn't they try and do that with google glasses what, what was the so. thing with google glasses i mean that was just displaying stuff like your text coming in and uh, emails popping in God, and i would hate and stuff. that yeah, I mean, it's the future though, isn't it? There's, there's funny how they try and they infiltrate your ears, your pockets. They'll go to your eyes next. That's the that's the one part of you they haven't really got to yet. But it's funny how... They. Yeah. <laughs> we always talk about they. Yeah, this nefarious kind of overlords always inventing these things to control us. But no, I think that's a, I think that's a, a feasible future prediction. I think that's something that could potentially happen. Yeah, I think so. Mm. So I noticed this thing happened the other day. It was a, it was a, quite a blustery. We've had a bit of a washout uh, half term. It has been a bleak in England. And, Rain every day. And you can't let that keep you inside. You have to still, when you've got kids, you still have to get them out, outside to burn them off. So we went for a blustery old walk around the park and we just started all playing monsters and chasing the kids. And I really enjoyed it. And uh, there was this bit where like Grace and Rufus are throwing leaves at each other. And uh, there's always a part of my brain which is thinking how I would capture that moment. And sharing content, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's so difficult. And I think a lot of people share that when something happens at home, they whip out their phone or their camera to try and capture that moment. And because we're not doing so much of that stuff anymore on our YouTube channel, we're not filming these moments as much, uh, I, I'm finding it quite difficult to separate myself from that and, and just to enjoy the moment and be with the kids and interact and play with them without thinking about the technical side of how I would capture that and what I would do to capture that and the way I would capture it. I think for me, it's quite bittersweet because in a way I enjoy being in the moment far more than I enjoy having to capture the moment. Mm. But I know that my brain is probably going to ditch that moment, and that memory. Um, mm. And there's no real recipe for like being able to keep that memory. So unless you capture it it's kind of just disappears after the moment it's so true we have photos all over our walls of moments and things we obviously do a lot of work with photography for our job and and have to take pictures so a lot of those pictures we print out um and we put them on our walls and you sometimes just walk past them and have all these kind of fragments and these moments of time which without that photo existing would have just added to the you know to this huge ocean of of memories that are all kind of dissolved into one another hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So it's nice to have them there on one hand, but I know what you're saying. It's kind of, it's bittersweet. You you want to keep that and capture that moment. Mm, and you but you don't want to live it. your life through a screen. Exactly which that, is. Yeah. I mean, I guess everyone has probably spent far more time on screens this year mm. than they may have normally. Mm. I feel like phone usage has probably gone up a lot. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, it would have Some worked, days yeah. I, I feel like disgusted with myself for just picking up my phone all the time or checking something or thinking, oh, I'm just going to Google this or I'm just going to go on Amazon and quickly buy this. And then other days I like will actively try and leave it upstairs so that I don't do that and then I am more present mm. but it's weird that I have to physically remove myself from the phone to be able to do that because it's such a habit it's such an addiction it's such and an I addiction, don't feel yeah. like personally I don't feel like I'm that bad I feel like I work on my phone quite a lot um I don't really fanny around on it that much other than working or like buying things food yeah. shopping and stuff but I think a lot of people will be much worse in terms of screen time and how much you pick up your phone every day. It's kind of, it's such a, it's become such a thing, hasn't it, mm. in our lives that you need to be aware of we're it, of kind of centered around this little slate. Slate, yeah. yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I'm such a granny. I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> Bring back the Nokia 3310s. It's, it's a love-hate relationship, isn't it? It's such yeah. a love-hate relationship. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why I like podcasting with you because it is, there's no screens around or like, mm. even if we were on a date or something, you might still check an email or whatever, you know? Mm. So Hannah Mags, I want to know how you're getting on with your reels. I'm not seeing your first reel yet. <laughs> Fuck off, Steph. When you can do that thing where you point to stuff. Stop. You need to do it, Hannah. You, you need, need to, to do it. it. I'm too old for that. You need shit, to man. do you it. To, you, you're in the. You're in the. You're in the. No, I am not. I'm far too old. Thank you very much. What do you need to do? You have that jingly music on and point to stuff. Being is a it... mum is about washing up and then. That's it. You're pointing at everything, yeah, and then all the text. I can't do it. I. I don't understand it. I'm like, why am I? I feel like it's a little bit like, um, you know, when everyone you know loves like a certain song or a movie mm. and you're like, I fucking hate that. Mm. And then you don't understand what's wrong with you that you dislike it so much. I have a, I, have a I wish it wasn't on Instagram. It's ruining Instagram for me. I have a burning passion, passionate hatred for it. I just cannot stand it. I like stories. I like all that stuff, but this real stuff is just, it's chewing gum. Oh God, I sound like such an old man. I haven't seen a, like one that I've enjoyed really. No, it's painful. It's painful. I don't. Yeah, I. I just. I just cringe when I see them uh, for the people doing them. I think. Oh, I think God, the scary is thing is though on social media, if that is your job and mm. that's how you kind of make yourself financially stable, you do kind of worry that if you don't evolve 
with the appetite of what people want to see and what people are digesting mm. and people are digesting things they want everything faster and quicker and if you don't do that you're going to die basically mm. it was a bit like that with heat magazine you know for years people were complaining at heat magazine for all the stuff that you know they were saying and doing and i remember just being like you don't have to fucking read this thing. Do you know what's really interesting? You brought Heat Magazine up because uh, we were at the corner shop last night and um, I was looking, I always like to go and have a little look at the front covers of the magazine to see what's going on. And Heat Magazine is still talking about the same three celebrities on the front cover um, that it was talking about 10 years ago. It's like crazy. It's uh, Jordan, Colleen Rooney and Posh Spice. Yeah. And they're still there on the front cover being ripped apart or being like analysed for outfits. And I'm like, come on, guys, be a bit yeah. more progressive. It's 10 years later. Like <laughs> there's other stuff going on there's, that you can you can publish. There's a court, you have this big think, platform, this big magazine, like use it. There's but, something that's less. But if you look at the figures of what sells, they just know, yeah. they have it analysed that they know what magazines will sell more on the basis of what covers they what mm. cover that there is and what you know uh, the the funny thing is a lot of the a lot of my friends and a lot of the really talented people that i've met are, are from heat there's the, some of the journalists that i'm getting one on in a few weeks onto this podcast um who now writes for grazia but uh, a lot of some there's such talented people that mm. work for that magazine when i was there i was so talented some of them incredible writers um who i've um, and even designers as well but sadly you know what is popular is a certain frequency that some people have to kind of um you know emulate or or kind of write about or not, they don't necessarily want to but it's just what people want to read and that's what gets them paid yeah and if you the good thing about the heat magazine is that there was a to, there was an irreverent tone that did exist i mean if you look at it on face value you think that's just a trashy magic magazine but if you actually read it the writing's very good mm. And the sub editing is very good, and the design is very good. Especially when, well, when I was there, it was anyway. I don't know how it's changed. <laughs> I don't know. I had nothing to do with that side of things. But what, but when I was there, it was very good. And um, I don't, I don't read it. I remember when I went into my interview there, and they were like, "So, what do, you, what do you personally think about Heat Magazine?" I had all these eye people looking at me, and I remember thinking, "Oh my God, what am I going to say here?" Because I, I couldn't stand it before. It was still when I joined. It was still in the stages of where they were circling bits of fat on people with a big you know yeah, circle of shame that. or something they were still doing that and so I didn't agree with it back then but I had this job interview for them and I really wanted the job so I was kind of like oh shit I just swallowed my dignity and I was like I, I, I just said look I don't read it I don't have any strong opinions about it but I personally don't read it but if you know if my girlfriend had a copy there I would pick it up mm. and flick through it but it's not something I'd ever buy and that that's kind of was true but if I was honest, I'd be like, I don't like the way you're circling fat on people and I don't like the way you're doing this and this and this. But when you... it's funny because they really only ever did it to women. They didn't really, I don't know if this case is still true now, but like they never really pointed the finger at men and said, oh, you've lost too much weight or you've gained too much weight or you look tired today mm. or you look like you just had an argument with somebody or you're wearing something that's really unflattering. Like it was also negative yeah. about women and how they looked. Like it based so much value on how women looked. And now 10 years later, we're kind of being told to unlearn all of this stuff that yeah. we had shoved down our throats in the media mm. for so many years. We're being told now that we have to love the wobbly bits and love mm. these bits, but it's it's kind of it's a tricky thing to do when you've kind of been almost kind of conditioned conditioned 
to think those things mm. in this society. But I, but my counter argument to that would be, well, first of all, I want to say is what they did because there was a bit of a backlash about that eventually is, is what, what I see happening a lot with, with everything, with ideologies and everything is that to, to, instead of equaling things out and getting them back to like a, a level playing field, they'll take it to the extreme of the other side to try and balance it out. Mm. Sometimes you think, God, why is it so, why is it so skewed the opposite way now? And it's like, well, surely we should get things level. But what they did with the magazine, I think, is they started to circle people who had lost too much weight. So they're like, look how skinny this person is now. It was like skinny, skinny shaming. Yeah. It was like skinny shaming instead of fat shaming. And that's how they kind of, they, they went around it that way, which was, which, which, gave, which conflicted me on this because I'm like, well, there is an appetite for this thing. This is what people want to consume. They're not forcing you to buy the magazine and reading it. Mm. Like you're picking it up and you're probably, you're intrigued by this and you're reading it and you're looking at these things. If you didn't like it, you wouldn't read it. Their readership would go down. They wouldn't be able to sustain themselves and they would go bust. Mm -hmm. When I first joined, it was kind of at the very end of the glory days. It was post Big Brother when that was kind of just dying off and people were less interested in that. But then that was like the new age of celebrity. Yeah, wasn't it? It was like, I remember when the first couple of big brother seasons came out and everyone was just obsessed it was like this it really did feel like a social experiment though it really felt like you were spying on these people and like learning about them and and knowing about their lives and who they were and stuff it was so good as soon as people realized that they were going to become basically celebrities when they got out that's when it changed for me that's when it was like you kind of got more characters who kind of craved that rather mm. than just ordinary people. The ordinary people are the ones that I mm. enjoyed watching. But I remember uh, when people would come out, they'd be propelled into this crazy level of fame and everyone would know who they were and they wouldn't be able to walk down the street. And then I just... can't think of anything worse. I honestly can't think of anything worse. Yes, it comes with lovely financial benefits and I'm mm. sure and like traveling and lots of lovely clothes and gifts and experiences and things but to not have the freedom to go to your corner shop by yourself mm. and not speak to anybody ever yeah well it depends like, what ty- <sighs> what i realize is that there's different types of fame there's fame which is like a famous author would probably be a good you know who's not that doesn't mm. do tv stuff or whatever and just sits and sits in the background writing that's a good and level. you don't uh, ever you're see famous their face. Your com- they're a community of, of yeah. people who like reading. That's a level of fame. But somebody like David Walliams or something like that, who's done, you know, or Simon Cowell would be the worst level of fame I could possibly imagine. I couldn't think of anything worse. Like I would, I would hate to have that level of fame. It would just be grotesque. And you're walking down the street, people shouting at you and screaming, asking for selfies twenty four seven. But I think there's something inherently within people that just want to feel. I just want to be known. I think they want they want people to know who they are. They want to feel like they're they they connection. They align their value and their worth to how many people know about them and how many people follow them and how many people you know they, which is a dangerous thing to do. But it, I don't know why that happens. But it's uh, it is such a strange thing when you think about it that over the last ten years as social media has evolved that's how so many people now judge how good they are at something or how their their actual worth mm. comes from oh i've got x amount of people who are interested in what i'm doing and mm. it, it even with our jobs everything is based around numbers and metrics and it's hard not to kind of get caught up in that when the fee that you get for you for doing your job depends on 
the numbers of eyeballs on it. Yeah. Sometimes, it doesn't matter about sometimes. how how much you pour into that job and how good mm. you are at it. It de- it depends on the eyeballs. I think that's something that's changing within the industry now where people care more about ho- the quality of the eyeballs mm. in terms of uh, how well those eyeballs align to their brand and who mm. the brand is. But I think that has been the way for a long period of time. And it's it's such a toxic thing to to get involved with is looking at the metrics and the numbers. Um, the way, even the way it's designed... Uh, uh, to, you know, if you go to YouTube and you look at your numbers and you can see all these kind of red um, dips on in how many people are interacting and how many, you know, how many people are engaging on how less, how many less views you have. I've I've stopped looking at all of those numbers and I feel so much better for I it. I can't now. believe you I don't looked look at all at, those numbers. In I don't the first look place. at how many people watch our videos anymore. I don't look. I'm not. I'm not looking purposely about how many people listen to the podcast. I'm just going to ignore the numbers because they. they it kind can, of you'll never be happy. You'll never be like yeah. we'll, we'll have like we'll we'll always be you'll always be thinking, shit, why didn't I hit that number? Or and why? it kind of strips the fun away from oh, doing God, it all yeah. as well. If you're worried about that, it strips mm. like the actual happiness that creating the content in the first yeah. like instance makes. I think we should talk about our recommendations now. Let's do recommendations of the week. Hannah, what have you got for me? Oh, it's a tricky one for me this week because I started reading uh, Dolly Alderton's book, Ghosts. And again, I went in with really high expectations I haven't finished it yet I've got a couple of chapters left but I just I like it but I didn't I don't love it as much as I thought so I don't know whether I can recommend it or not okay that's fine you tried something um, you didn't like it that's all good it's not that I didn't like it so basically the book is about uh this woman called Nina who in various different forms gets ghosted so she is online dating this guy called max who she becomes really close with for a couple of months and then he just completely ghosts her like completely stops talking to her doesn't reply to anything um and then in the other two parts of the storyline it's about kind of her friends not ghosting her but kind of she's less involved with them because they're all at such different points in their lives and then again, within her own family, her dad uh, is going through dementia, which is getting progressively worse. So she's kind of feels like she's losing all of these different relationships. Um, and there's lots of kind of female friendship themes. And there's lots of like really humanistic qualities in the book. And I just I don't love the characters. And for me, when I read something, I really need to identify with some part of one of the characters and I just felt like this just didn't really do it for me. I'll finish it so because I love it, her. It's not that it wasn't a good book. It's just that you... It wasn't the right book for me. I feel exactly like it. a lot of people would enjoy it in terms of like there's a lot of online dating stuff, mm. uh, female friendship. Um, there's a few witty bits in it. Uh, I feel like the dementia part might resonate with uh, people who are going through something similar, but I just, I couldn't connect to anything. Mm um it's an it's an easy read um it's very like palatable and i've i'm nearly finished it so it wasn't one of those books where i start it and i get halfway through like Mm. i do a lot of the time i get halfway through and i'm like this isn't worth my time i feel like a lot of people would enjoy it i just went in with expectations that were far too high fair enough i have a recommendation for a book that arrived today i've only skipped through it so i haven't stefan well, you can't I, admit that. No, but this is the problem. It only arrived a few hours ago and I kind of read a, I've read a bit of it. Like I've skipped through it, but she's a very good writer. A friend of mine called Joe Hoare. I worked with her when um, we were at Heat. 
She was on the fashion desk. Um, really nice girl. She's written this book called You're On Mute. I'll read the blurb on the back. Uh, with 101 hilarious tips explaining the do's and don'ts of virtual meetings, You're On Mute will help you master vi- help you master video calls in the new normal. So it's kind of a it's kind of a book with loads of yeah like a hundred tips, um, 101 tips on on ways to master your this new kind of social dynamic that we've kind of found ourselves um, having to deal with these video calls. Anyway, I'm going to read a couple couple of them just to uh, give you an idea. So number 13 is the long goodbye. There's something a bit brutal about just hitting that leave meeting button. I find that, don't you? Literally, I, there's a big red button. You're like, oh God. Literally about 10 minutes before a conversation or a meeting ends, I start dreading the goodbye <laughs> part. I'm like, oh shit, how am I going to get out of here? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, You're on Let Mute by Joe Hoare on Amazon, six ninety nine. So that's our recommendation. Do you know what um, is funny about Zoom? That reminds me of uh, creating YouTube videos is that uh, it's like that upper body dressing. Mm. So like if ever I was going to make a video about like makeup or I don't know, like a sit down chat video, I would usually wear jogging bottoms or pajama bottoms on the bottom, (laughs) crop around the waist and then like literally just do this part. Yeah. I'm like right now (laughs) I've got a shirt on and shorts and slippers. (laughs) Zoom is very much, I'm very, very much the same yeah yeah it's the way forward man i don't know whether i should do this i'm thinking i I really want to put my turntables to use hannah and do some sets but i feel like i feel like i'd be be one of those things that would be so i don't know like would would it be the sort of thing steph we both know you're going to do it i want to do it but i don't know like are people going to want to listen to that how do people going to want to listen to an old fucking 40 year old dad spinning some wheels playing some doing some djing i mean surely that's going to be like the most maybe some people might uh, is there a, is there a niche interest for watching a forty year old man spinning turn, spinning records? Maybe just a... keep it as a hobby, honey. Yeah, I don't know. Make us a new jingle. I need to make us a new jingle. Actually, I need to focus on that, but that's going to take some time. Of course, it is. I think we can wrap it up here, Hannah Mags. Thank you so much to everybody for listening to this week's podcast. We've loved uh, having a chat, and uh, we'll see you all f- next week. We're going to upload these every Wednesday. You know that by now. Is it so Wednesday? I thought it was Tuesday. That? Well, they're uploaded every Wednesday. Oh, okay. yeah. But you know that by now because this is probably the fifth one. So fourth one, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another thing before we go. I am I'm writing a bonus episode right now uh, about something that happened to me when I was much younger. So hold tight for that. When I was a little nipper uh, in my early 20s, I was going through my first breakup. I have a funny story about that. So I'm writing that up at the moment. So I might do that as a bonus episode coming up soon. So hold tight for that one too. Um, thank you so much for listening. Sorry, you say something, Hannah? There was no agony aunt. I know, I didn't have any. Ah, damn. There's no agony aunt because um, I just don't think we're very good at giving advice to people. No, we're really shit, aren't we? I don't think it... I don't... don't, I wouldn't trust our advice on anything. Yeah, I wouldn't get advice... No. ...from us. Just two twats that don't really know anything about anything. Yeah. Imagine if they listened to... It would be the worst thing ever to listen to us. But definitely do listen to, to me when I... If you're over 40 listening to this and you're a man and, and, and you need to get your prostate checked out, definitely get your finger up the bum. That's something you should listen to me on. And get a smear test. Anyway, let's wrap this up there. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks and for listening. we will see you guys all next week. Take care, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. 
It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 